0: Welcome to the 9642 Podcast. This is your host, Mr. Number Nine. And this is The Fool. Hello, everyone. Me and The Fool here have decided to do a bit of a hypothetical exercise. So we're going to make our all-time 11s of cricket. It's going to be a test cricket all-time 11, but none of you can be professional cricketers. We are picking the sportsmen that we know and like, and we're putting them in the order, in the lineup, uh, based on the skills and attributes they've shown in the sport they're famous for, or sports they are yeah. famous for if they're a multi-sport athlete. So it's basically going to do an 11. Uh yeah. So the yeah, and the idea is we're gonna it's gonna be a draft. The fool will start off and he will pick the first player, and then I will pick a second player. Uh, We're gonna do the classic lineup: five batters, including two openers, a all-rounder at number six, a number seven who will be a wicketkeeper, and the four bowlers. We can decide what they will bowl and explain why we think they're a good fit for that particular style of bowling. The idea is that you, I cannot pick a, an athlete that the fool has already picked and vice versa. And secondly, if you have picked an athlete from a sport, another athlete from the same sport is no longer allowed to be picked. Yeah. Just to make things a bit interesting, we decided for the all-rounder slot, if we were to pick a multi-sport athlete, and it's inherent that if you're picking a multi-sport athlete, you're using the fact that they're good at multiple disciplines, to be an all-rounder, that the sports uh, that said athlete has are famous for or has reached a peak level at are no longer on the table for us to pick. So, for example, if we were to pick the great Jim Thorpe, we would no longer have pentathlon, track and field, NFL, uh, gridiron, basketball, or baseball yeah. because he played all five of those sports at a very high level yeah. for his era. So yeah, I think to be fair, even in pentathlon, he was good at all five individual sports. Yeah. There too. So yeah, that is the situation here. So just a bit of fun. But yeah, first pick. You are on the clock, Mr. Fool.
1: Mr. Fool, I'm on the clock. Well, uh, I thought I'd pick a proven champion for my number one pick in the opening slot. Someone who's operated at high levels for... Twenty odd years now, so I was going with Roger Federer, tennis, it's Open. I feel that he's got the patience, he's got the longevity, he's got the eye, and he's got the power. Um, he'll play,
0: and he's also a technician. He's so. a technician
1: as well, so he's got good technical game, um, but can also push tempo if he needs to be, or he can sit back and and let things develop if that's if that's needed. So. That was my pick for number one.
0: In all sorts of courts, like he's won oh, in yeah. all four Grand Slams as well. So yeah. all conditions, opener, all round. I like that pick. I like it a lot. Um, one of my fa- maybe my favorite tennis player of all time. So I definitely am nodding my head <laughs> very uh, approvingly when I, hearing that pick.
1: Yeah, that's also why I went number one there because I was a little worried that if I left him second or third that you might pick him in the first.
0: Place. I think a really good pick as an opener as well just because he's, you know, he's prolific. So he's not just an opener who's there to defend, which he can do. He will go out and attack too yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. When, it,
0: when, the, when the conditions are right. Yep. So in, So I will get to pick an opener. So for me, an opener is someone who needs to adapt to conditions and basically be like... Uh, be somebody who is able to have a lot of stamina, stay long, concentrate for hours, and, like, be able to switch at a dime when those conditions uh, change. So I am picking uh, five-time gold medalist Lisa Carrington as my first opener. She's going to be this classic, uh, the classic short batsman, you know? Yep. But lots of power. We know she would just basically hit the ball out of the park, start hitting the ball out of the park if... The bowlers got tired after tea, yeah, but she keeps steady not not uh not get overwhelmed, not be uh, not be uh <coughs> the word I'm looking for intimidated by the bowlers, she can hold her on
1: yeah yeah exactly no i agree with you, you say once again proven performer over yep. a long period of time in tough conditions and can slog it out and be there at the end and and comes up trumps every time mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, that Once again, solid pick. Can't fault with that.
0: Cool. Opener number
1: two. On to number two. Once again, I've gone with a, a proven performer, someone who's performed over time. Um, I was going to put a bit of a um, carrot on it, but I was going to go with Tiger Woods, but more particularly early to mid-2000s um, Tiger Woods. The peak of his career...
0: Even if you were to pick Tiger Woods until like 2010, which is a, twi- a good 15-year career, that's nothing to sneer at. A good 16 majors.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Including uh four in a row. Uh so he did the Tiger Slam, so all sorts of conditions, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And great so, pick.
1: He's yeah, saying played all rounds, played everywhere. Once again, got good slot, shot selection, knows how to even if he gets into a bit of trouble and things aren't going well, he knows how to get out of it um and and plays to those conditions and gets gets things back on track. I feel that's a a good player to have there to be able to attack when need be once again and can steady the ship and write and a a fan thing. And I could see him also being able to bat down through the order as well, like playing yeah. batting with multiple different um partners and in partnership be yeah, on the build those up.
0: Absolutely. Now my uh, second opener, uh, I feel like openers set the trend. So basically decide the temperament of the innings how it's gonna uh go. And the basically uh they have to carry a bulk of the uh bulk of the um a weight of pressure because, uh, mm-hmm. to see off the new ball and then like, you know, have the, and then yeah, and <clears throat> that opening partnership, there's a reason why openers are like a brotherhood, you know, there needs to be this telepathic understanding between the two of them to understand how to pace that inning. Yeah. So I am going to pick Angolo Kante, great defensive player, but great all around the park, not only is he great at defending, gathering the ball, like, That skill that he has, basically, to get the ball off the opposition without causing a foul, that, to me, is basically the guy who always will be able to get runs, like, rotate the strike without, you know, taking a risk.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, that's what it reads to me, that, you know, that temperament just is evenly tempered, would, would always uh, be there with a smile, wouldn't care what the bowlers had to say to him. Another short guy, which I like, once <laughs> again, for a bat. I think that just means you're going to be really good at playing the short deliveries and all that. Um, and yeah, and we all know that Kante is not just all defense. He's the guy who gets that first really good pass off to the attackers in Leicester and Chelsea's lineup so uh, we cannot underestimate how influential a player is. And, like, literally every team basically just goes, it's like having another guy. You're playing with 12 when you have Conte. Exactly. And I think that's basically what you want from one of your openers.
1: Yeah, Uh, I couldn't agree more. And, yeah, he's the sort of guy that you notice when he's not on the park. He's not there. Any team he's playing in is is instantly worse. Um, Yeah. You know, they can... Depending on the quality of the side can make up for it, but just, there is a noticeable drop in, in output just by having that one yep. play off the field. So, yeah, solid pick. So. Right, My well, number three. Hmm. Um, I've gone to a New Zealand um, legend for this one. Uh, once again, I've, to me, number three is, is the guy that comes in in any, any circumstance. It could be first ball, it could be, you know, way down and you know, yeah. end of the first day, second day, any time. So it needs to be someone who's adaptable, can adjust to conditions, has been through everything. Um so for me, that's Sir Peter Blake. He's sailed the earth, he's gone every tropic to the down to the roaring um forties. Yep. Yep. And also steered New Zealand to America's Cup victories. Um run anything he's been in just and a, a top bloke as well. Like He's also the sort of person that everybody is like, yeah, that's the sort of person we can get him behind and, and really follow. So he'd also yep. be my pick as captain.
0: Yep, yep. I could see that mixture of attack and defense from Sir Peter Blake. He was aggressive in his races when he could, when he could be and always took, you know, he's almost like the art and center of... Uh, like match racing because yeah, art and center would always say like if you can go in if another driver leaves you room inside and you uh, don't take it to go past him you're not a racer you're just a driver yeah like a racer always takes it peter blake always took it you know yeah, yeah. like he knew when to take it like uh like incredible i like i really like that pick Now, I went with a bit of a different thing. Like, I thought about what does a number three in the batting order mean? Like, and there's very different approaches. You could be, like, a great number, like, you know, I'm thinking people like Rahul Dravid, Chiteshwar Pijara, who are like, and back in the day before he was an opener, Justin Langer, when they were basically, like, there as a stabilizer at number three, Mm -hmm. and very good at it, by the way. And I'm not, I don't want to diminish Rahul Dravid's ability. He was a damn fine batsman, not just a stabilizing defensive batsman. They, they. But I'm thinking I want my number three to be more in the mold of like the goat batsman the batsman who's clearly the best player. And the reason why he's number three is because the bat, the order just go. We don't want you to open because we don't want you to get out too early. But we want you to bat as much as possible, just because you're gonna uh, you're gonna turn the tide with your batting alone. So thinking about a bat number three like a Ricky Ponting or a number three like a Don Bradman or a. Yeah. To, Sachin Tendulkar back when when they used to bat number 3 or uh or even like Martin Krobeck when he used to bat number 3 before he just became a run machine or Kane Williamson yeah and for New Zealand now so I'm looking at a goat level somebody, uh pl- uh athlete so I'm picking the great Kelly Slater Ooh, nice. who is 10-time world surfing champion obviously somebody who knows how to look at conditions knows when to Knows when to hold it, knows when to fold, but he definitely will go all in if he can go all in.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's and a like,
0: pick. that's just the player. That's just he's also the sort of athlete you know would just be like your team's like icon, like all the pre- you know the posters of the team would have him in front, even if he's not the captain. Like this is the guy.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, that's, oh, that's who I'm going with.
1: That's a great pick. Um, I agree with everything you said there. Um, and in fact, that rationale is pretty much what I've applied to the number four bats. Um, right. Through a bit of change, that's, that's how I see the number four bats. Because best batter, they don't, they've don't. they got a little bit of protection from the new ball because they're not mm. first drop, So you can expect them to be coming in maybe against a little bit more tired bowlers, a little older, they can get their eye on that and then see themselves through and, 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 and score the big runs. For me, same thing. It, it's a, a a goat level um, um, player, and I had different thoughts about this one. This one went backwards and forth. I decided on the one which is, to me, one of the best New Zealand sports and I went with Winton Rufer because to me he he defined the eighties football, and was well,
0: Oceania player of the century as well. Yeah,
1: Oceania player of the century just blasted out a whole new um, road map for New Zealand players and changed changed how New Zealand saw itself at football. Um, Absolutely. So to me, yeah, it was a... I had to have him on the side. And yeah,
0: yeah. He went. Yeah, yeah. So we've both picked a soccer player. Uh, yeah. Good choice, definitely. And, like, Winton Rufa was also one of the best players in the Bundesliga when he played there. Yeah and a very versatile player as well. I could easily see him be this number four who's a really good fielder, might be a good slip fielder as well, might yeah, go yeah. Chip in with a few overs. I could feel, I get that vibe from Winton Roofer. Yeah, exactly. So I, and number four to me, is like the guy who has to get the runs. This is the guy who, you know, the top three have worked really hard, they've done the hard yards, they've seen off the new ball, the bowlers are now tired Get your eye in, get a lot of runs, and then after tea, just go ballistic. I want somebody who's a volume scorer, somebody who just screams that I score uh, I, I, I score points for my team. And so I'm picking Irene Van Dyke.
1: Fair enough. Because, well, it's, 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 yeah.
0: like, in many ways, number four in the batting lineup is like the goal... Uh, the goal shoot in a netball team like the goal shoot has only one job Yeah. that is to score goals the goal attack has other jobs and everybody else has other jobs goal shoot only has one job yeah and I dare you to say pick anybody who's a better goal shoot than her ever
1: no
0: I think Irene proved it yeah there's no argument she is the best she was one. already a goat before she started playing for New Zealand like yes playing for South Africa, and then she played 140... She's the highest capped netballer of all time, so yeah. she knows what she's doing. And she has a scoring rate of 90... A career scoring rate of 90% over a 20-year career. Like, if you didn't know it was real, you thought... You would be thinking I was making up a fake character... Like, you know, <laughs> fake Mary Sue character for a bad fan fiction.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. That's the level of player she is. Yeah, it's
1: crazy how good she was. And I I think it shows that South African netball was a powerhouse while she was there, and then she moved to New Zealand, and South African netball fell away.
0: And New Zealand netball suddenly overtook Australian netball. Yeah,
1: exactly. We were competing there, about, and she started playing for us, and then we were at another level. And I think that says everything about Irene. That is the level she is. Absolutely. Uh, So yeah, for line number five, this is the one I had the hardest time picking. I just... And I always find the number
0: five... There's better. a lot of philosophy that goes behind, what does your number five better do? Yeah. Because those top four, we're all going to roughly think the same thing, but it's, you know, your ideology as a team is kind of defined by who is your number five, almost.
1: Yeah. So, so I went back with the forwards with different options. Would I go from slightly more attacking player, slightly defensive player, sort of a third idea, like something completely out of the box... In the end, I went, decided I may as well go a little bit conservative. Um, though someone who, like Irene, is a point scorer. Has um, just played a long time, scored all the points. And that is Daniel Carter. I don't know if there's much to say about him. New Zealand rugby player, just almost the best of all time. Yep. There's a few other names you can throw into that.
0: I yeah, think but... for his position, though he's not my favorite all-black in that position, not to say I dislike him, like I think he's a legend, of course. I agree
1: with uh, you. But,
0: yeah. but, yeah. but like, I just like his predecessors more. They're just more my favorites. It's just, that's yeah. a personal choice. Like I'll, As an Auckland fan, I'll just always like Carlos Spencer more. Hey, but I'm, I'm the... not saying Daniel Carter is not better than him. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> but,
1: I'm in the same vein as you, like... To me, Carl Spencer. I almost picked him here as well because he has that flamboyance and that yep. greatness. Um but yeah, yeah. you lose Spencer. nothing
0: by picking Daniel Carter, and oh. the fact that he can win you the game with his boot, he can win you the game with his like passing, his yeah. vision. He's he can like put the ki- by attacking, he can kill you off. You know, if the forwards are having a good game, but if the forwards are having tough, they're getting monstered. He can say still save the game for New Zealand by kicking for territory. And yeah. making sure that he pick, finds the right guy at the right place to th- uh, throw the passes to, incredible pick. I like, yeah. I like it a lot.
1: I was always also thought this the sort of guy potentially once again could throw the ball to for a couple of overs um, around the lunch break to try something out, see um, if he'd get something different. Be great in the field. But yeah, and yeah, couldn't go past him.
0: So I also had a hard time picking my number five and I'm still not decided because you haven't picked either of these two players and I'm just like, dang, I was hoping almost hoping you'd pick one of them who I was gonna pick between. So I'm I always I want my number five to be my captain. I feel like the cap like that's almost an ideal spot for your captain to be. He's not there to be he's there to be the leader. He doesn't need to be the best batsman in the team, though often the captain is the best batsman in the team but i want to, so i'm picking a player for the strategic value but also what they can add as a player so this guy is all the strategic heart of the team he's going to discuss obviously captaincy is strategy as well yeah and it's that is, and the, he but also man management somebody who has impressive like, respect. People just go... He goes into... Walks into the dressing room, nobody can say shit to him because he is the man. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and everybody has, listens to him and when he had, like, you know, sure, if the team has a plan and wants to follow through with it, he will do. And sometimes he will contribute to that plan and make sure what it is, but he will be able to change it on the fly as needed. Yeah. I think is what you need from your captain. So, it was a toss-up for me between... Obviously Tom Brady and Alfie Langer. Yeah. Who I think are the respective GOATs of their two sports. Yeah, definitely. But I have to go with touchdown Tom. I know I love you, Alfie. You're a legend. Obviously. And like that but, you know, Tom Brady is a bit more dominant than he is at the at the NFL level, like heck. And then he just went and uh, went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and effectively made a team built around him.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And got all those got egos in line and knows how to keep them going.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. So,
0: did you, have you already picked a captain? or?
1: Yeah, I had um, Peter Blake as my captain.
0: Oh, Peter Blakes, your captain. I'm just going to put a quick C here on my notes next to that. All right. Number six.
1: Number six, this will be the first one where you may um, feel it's a little controversial. I, I don't know. Um, this is the all-rounder slot. Um, so I went with someone I actually know, I played with. And played school-level um, hockey with him. And also, He's also
0: a professional cricketer. He can't be picked.
1: Not a professional cricketer. Never made it at anywhere near high-level cricket. In fact, his cricket abilities... Probably better than mine, but not a lot better. Um, but that's why I was going, a little bit controversial, but I do know he plays. Um,
0: and Fair that's enough. Blair Hopping,
1: who um, right. played many years for New Zealand, the Black Sticks for Post. New Zealand, um, gone to Olympics, um, once again played all around the world, played different oppositions, um, and was a stalwart for the, the Black Sticks throughout that entire time.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I know also that he's a great guy.
0: Yeah. So uh, I like that pick a lot, and I think he's definitely that all-round game playing anywhere in the park for the Black Sticks, other than a goalkeeper. But, you know, all-rounders yeah. don't... Yeah. We don't count wicked keepers as all-rounders uh, anyway. No, exactly. <laughs> so now I my pick for an all-rounder is a bit left field. Um, there's plenty of multi-sport athletes, but the problem is you can k- take out a lot of sports by picking them. So that's why I'm not picking somebody like Jim Thorpe, yeah. and I wouldn't be able to pick half the people I want to. I'm not picking somebody like Dion Sanders, who's, you know, took the Atlanta Braves to the World Series and, uh, won three Super Bowls, not pick, not picking Bo Jackson, uh, not picking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who play, who was a, uh, who was track and field all-American while being a baseball, all, uh, basketball all-American in, uh, in, uh, college level. So uh, instead, I'm going for somebody who plays a sport that requires you to be really, really good at two very, very different disciplines. I am picking the legendary biathlete Ole Einar Bjorn wow. I hope I pronounced his name raw right because. He uh, He's won 13 Olympic game medals, which is the most for any male winter Olympian <laughs> ever. And so basically, he I, I see him because he's uh, he's good, so good at both disciplines. Yeah. I see him as this guy who would just be literally one of those guys who would be good enough to be in the team for their batting or their bowling. Yeah. Like that Imran Khan mold of player. And because he has the... I, uh, he would have the temperament to play the long game, like for a, uh, for a test match, because obviously he can do. He's a, a champion-level cross-country skier. Yeah. We oh. don't necessarily need our all-rounder to be an attacking player, because obviously cross-country athletes are not as fast as like professional, you know, actual yeah. uh, middle-level cross-country skiers. But that's okay. And you know. Anybody who can the idea of the biathlon is you're not as accurate as an actual shooter is in the Olympics, but you're still really accurate after having, you know, cross country skiing for <laughs> yeah. so long. Yeah. Which is what you need your bowler to do. So yeah. So
1: this that's is a great pick. And great reasoning for that as well. And I can say definitely it must be one of the best um biathlon peoples
0: actually know his name. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Basically that's the thing. It's back in the day when we watch Winter Olympics we we're like this guy's going to win the medal again isn't he yeah. <laughs> All right number All right. 7 our wicketkeeper
1: Keeper. once again you maybe a little bit of a controversy um and no I'm assuming that you'll go somewhat similar but I've gone with someone with proven um handball coordination and and ability and that is uh-huh. Mr. New Zealand softball Mark Sorensen. He's yep. was New Zealand softball through the nineties and into the 2000s. Yep. Um, I don't think New Zealand softball's done anything that hasn't involved um Sorensen in some way. So Yep. And say he's used to the gloves, used to taking the catches, keep it um tight and and, and everything. So, and you thought with the bad.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So picking a, wick- uh, picking a Wicked Keeper who can bad a bit. So I went with a different sort of energy for my uh, Wicked Keeper. I feel like the word energy is key here. The Wicked Keeper in a long day keeps the fielding side enthusiastic and involved. Keeps them motivated. They're not always a captain or a vice captain, but they're always a leader in the team somebody who stands out and, like, talk, gets, gives the bowlers their advice, makes sure, and also, like, keeps the opposition pissed off. Yeah. That's their role. Yeah, they're, they're meant to annoy people.
1: The talk game is a big part of a keeper. You've got to have good chat.
0: So I can't think of any athlete who annoyed me more when we played up against him than George oh, yeah, I respect him 100% as an athlete, and he is a legend, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, you know, this. his energy, like, he's also a guy who can defend and attack because he was, a, who can forget that tackle on Jeff Wilson in the last mm. minute? Yes. Yeah. So definitely can take, you know, do match, I see that as match-saving catches level, you know? That, yeah, yeah. Because at some point, it's the clutch gene. And I think we can all agree, I think George Gregan had times, both on the defending side and attacking side. So both as a batter and a wicket keeper, I think he would have clutch. Yeah, You know, he would have clutch plays and just uh, be a game changer for the team.
1: He'll be a game winner for you. And as you say, looking for a player that has the chat game, you go no better. Yep.
0: He has that in space. Yep. All right. So now we are headed to our bowlers. You can pick what sort of bowler you think they're going to be and, like... uh, and go with that, like ideally, you you don't have to, but ideally you should tell us if you think they'd be a spinner, yeah. or what type of spinner, etc. Yeah.
1: I'll tell you, I've got two spinners and two um, fast, well, a quick and a medium fast. That's, that's
0: Same right. here. By the way, I assume uh, uh, Ole Einar Bjornhald would be one of those, uh, would be like a fast-medium. Yeah. fast bowler. Like somebody who's not the fastest bowler, but can bowl yeah. fast and in the right conditions can get the ball to swing, sort yeah. of player. Like, well, just to clarify, he's not a spin bowler.
1: Yeah, yeah. to me, Blair, all-rounder was the, the medium pacer. You know, he's mm-hmm. The, the Gavin, not quite slow Gavin Larson, but that sort of medium pacer New Zealand bowler comes in, line in length, holds up the end, and, and really ties um, up.
0: Like, we're both almost thinking Chris Kane's level yeah. bowler.
1: Yeah, Exactly. But no, my, my first ball I'm picking um, as a wrist spinner um, was his deception all the way through. And a little bit of controversy, but you may not count this as a sport, depending where you go. But I am picking the heartbreak kid, John Michaels. He can sell anything. And he's a consummate professional and a great athlete.
0: We didn't make any rules about professional wrestling, so i say we allow it. Uh, also, because Shawn Michaels is a bloody legend. I love this. See, <laughs> <page. laughs> yeah, I'm like, when I'm writing down your thing, I didn't even write Shawn Michaels. I just put HBK yeah. on the... Like. And of course, he can sell any move, and yeah, I just have... Like, I feel like a spin bowler would have a finishing move. I totally see him be a wrist spinner, yeah. but... I do think he's lefty, so he's a left-arm wristy.
1: Well, that's fine with me as well. It doesn't make any difference to me, which um, I'm oh. falling with. So, um, but I think you're right, yes, he's left-arm, so yes, he'd be a left-arm wrist. Um, but yeah, I feel like he's the sort of person who could um, turn it both ways, um, would be able to hide his variations super well. But yet the stock standards um, um, leg break is is going to be almost perfection. And i would point to his sweet chin music, as his, which is a bit of his finisher move, but it hits every time. And yep. he executes it perfectly. That to me is, is, whilst the wrist spin isn't the finisher move, just the fact that he executes every time it perfectly means that that, yep. as we're, we've mentioned previously, like a wrist spinner in test, you got to have that stock delivery. The, the leg brace just got to be on point every time. Land where you want to, turn is, and have large amounts. Of that to me is oh, you're two. gonna,
0: you're gonna love my spin bowler, but my two spin bowlers as well. Just to let you know, but my first bowler, I'm gonna pick somebody who's gonna I see as the leader of the attack, somebody who's gonna take the new ball, who's gonna. If I had picked uh, somebody who's gonna be the leader of the pace bowlers and the team, somebody who is like there in all conditions, is always giving people tr- uh, trouble and always like a handful. So I'm thinking like a. A bowler like a Malcolm Marshall type, somebody you can build an attack around, a Trent Bolt type, yes, yeah. or a Tim Southey type. We have we're lucky to have two, but you know. Somebody you can build an attack around. Um Yeah, uh, a Glenn McGrath. Like good on all conditions, just uh just always, always good. Uh so I'm picking Serena Williams.
1: Oh yes, nice.
0: So she's a righty, so I assume she would be like a really fast right-handed yeah, yeah. bowler, like top of the line. Like maybe if she, as she gets older, she'd be dependent more on guile than speed, but she'd still be quick.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Like like Richard Hadley was in his exactly. late thirties, still still quick.
1: That's the exact comparison I was going to make, and I think that stands up in all ways. That's yeah, she's a Richard Hadley type, um, quick as will have. Excellent accuracy and just will look like she's got the ball on the string. It will do yeah. exactly what she wants in the places she. Wants. Yeah. Right, well, I'm going for my second spin choice. I just went spin, spin, fast, fast. Fair enough. That uh, you may pick one of my fast bowlers, but I'm going to have to deal with that. Um, but I went with. Um, As you remember, he may also be left-handed, but with I, I feel this player would play. It would the middle of the off break, um, and that is Stacey Jones. Once again a player who has all the tricks um, and just, but at the same time is just excellent defensive and attacking, Um, adapt to the conditions, understand the opposition has all the strategic thoughts and, and can outplay it. Yep. Knows what the batter is going to want. A little to the little general is
0: called yeah. a little general for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Incredible. I love that pick. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't have, couldn't consider him because I had Alfie Langer as one of my choices. Yeah. And that, that would have gotten rid of rugby league. Uh, but, yeah, it was a tough choice between Stacey Jones and Alfie Langer. And in the end, I didn't even pick Alfie Langer. So there you go. Um, I've just, generally but, when
1: I've had choices like that, like, yeah, L.C. Langer is another one that's like, clearly that's not big. Um I'm just sort of defaulted to the New Zealander more than anything.
0: Fair enough. So I've decided, like, the so I'm also going to show you my spinballer. I assume he's also right-handed here. Um, in fact, I know he's right-handed because he's been uh, trying to play. But he could use either hand because he's been recently had a finger injury and been playing with his other hand and still kicking ass. I'm talking, of course, about the Viper. So he would be my spinner if you're talking about a guy who's got plans on plans um, and yeah. plans, and will just try things for for shits and giggles. In a test match, I don't think he would do all the little like masterpieces, and that would be T20. And like this is the Viper. If he was a leg spinner, would be a three-format bowler easily. Just yeah,
1: definitely. he would
0: have. Is somebody who looks at analytics, somebody who reads batsmen, knows their play, sees, and like, know has a deep knowledge about the game. Like, what, uh, what, uh, what type of delivery, how much to spin it, how much to do. Like, anybody who's seen his micromanaging will know this guy would just have the ball. He would be one of those super accurate leggies yeah. who would just constantly be planning things, planning things. You know, he'd get hit for a couple of sixes and then get out, and then get a wicket and then you'd just be like well, the other uh, bats like, How the what did happen? It would be like this incredible googly which he hasn't bowled before, he's just like, Oh yeah, I just show, I just brought yeah, you know, I just brought this along. It's in my locker. Yeah, yeah like a,
1: sort of try it out. See what happened. Yes, no, um that is a great pick. And I had considered putting the Viper into my lineup at some point. Um then I decided it was against it. But it's definitely a solid pick. And you're right, he has all the tricks to be able to to do it. It cannot be faulted that pick. Um yep. well, I'll get to my number ten, so my first of my fast and this I consider this my out and out fast bowler. He's gonna be given the new ball. He's gonna steam in off the full length and just be lightning quick. I was actually really worried you'd pick him because uh you actually mentioned him halfway through well at the beginning. I think or halfway through. And that is the late great intercena. Parkson Senna, yep. interesting, yeah. Like, he, he's champion material. Um, oh, yeah. He's, and he's got the feistiness that a, oh. a fastball... Oh,
0: yeah. Hell, yeah. So, this he, would be like, you know, mustachioed level uh, Mitchell Johnson.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know,
0: that when everybody was scared of him.
1: Yeah. It'd be coming in 150, 160, short, full, all over the place. It just... Yep. You wouldn't be able to know where it was, and yeah, it'd just be crazy. He's he's the guy I'm throwing the new ball to.
0: Yeah, but I have decided to pick my baseball player for number 10. I am picking Randy Johnson, who is left-handed and famously had the fastest ball in the Major League. And this amazing arm that could just keep pitching fast fast, this guy hated- hated batters, absolutely hated them, <laughs> would swear, get angry, and he had a temper, but whenever he got angry, he pitched better and better, so yep. this is incredible uh like three times Cy young winner um is an incredible uh hall of fame talent. The, so I want a guy a, a guy who's into his analytics as much as I am uh, would basically need to have a left arm pacer just because the modern game knows that that 's like a cheat coded test level these days yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: basically I feel like it's, and also Randy Johnson had this incredible uh, uh cork ball corkscrew ball which we get to swing, so he 'd basically be a uh, a mixture of Trent Bolt's swinging ability with the um, with the aggression of Neil Wagner and the pace of Shane Bond.
1: Oh, nice! Yeah, that is a wonderful combination of of attributes to have as a fastball. bowler. That is crazy, crazy good pick. And
0: now number eleven.
1: Oh yes, I've gone with um, someone who who packs a nice punch. Um a little bit stockier, but it's definitely going to is the the old adage of bowl the heavy ball. Hits the pitch hard. Um that sort of thing. I have gone with David Tour. I feel nice. like he's going to really get it stuck in there. Um gets it up get it up. And
0: left too.
1: And a lefty too. so I get my um pretty sure Anson Center was, was right handed, so that's a left right combination for the new ball. Um and he can keep a good full ball, um, swings away, swings back into the things to keep the, to make them come forward, and the short ball will be devastating. and will knock them back, so. And also, someone, yeah, once again, uh, sparred with the best of them. Been yep. to the yep. very top. So, has got the big game temperament.
0: Yeah. Yep, yep. Absolutely, I agree, and he can go the distance, yeah, which is also what you want for your left armor there now, I am going my final bowler is also a spin bowler. I can't decide what he would bowl just because he's like the uh the the uh, it's really difficult to decide how he would decide to process. He's got this really keen analytical mind who, like, j- he knows how to make somebody lose their uh, morale by sh- uh, by giving them a stare at the eye and mo- uh, and moving a rook three p- paces forward. And that, of course, is Gary Kasparov, nice.
1: uh,
0: considered to be the greatest chess player of all time, probably. Yeah. Other than
1: maybe magnus maybe magnus, is, yeah. maybe
0: magnus has something to say about it and look i love me magnus don't get me wrong um but and the if you had picked kasparov magnus would have been my guy but i like i feel like gary and viper if they needed to go and get the result they would i almost uh, because viper is the guy who tries stuff he uh the he would be like the attacking leg spinner and Gary would be happy to defend happy to just bowl the ball on point and he like analytics says I should bowl this delivery that's what I'll do like that's yeah, the yeah. sort of bowler, uh, bowler that's the sort of uh, uh bowler I think he would be it would be like having uh, Shane Warren on one end and the uh, the great Clary Grimmett on the other. Yeah. So I don't know if Gary Kasparov would do leg spin or off spin. I just know whatever he bowled it would be deadly. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he I'm bright,
1: mirrorly, and bowl both. And just yeah, decide at the time which one he was going to bowl could because he's very adaptable. He knew many different openings could yes. play white and black. So I see that yeah, maybe off spins was default, but could bowl the league break as well. So if probably, need be. If need be, and you wouldn't be losing anything just because he was bowling league break.
0: Yeah. So I think that would be the lineup for me. Now, finally, we need a coach. Now, we have, for the coach, the only rule is it can't be a fictional person. Yeah. So it can be any historical figure that's ever existed, and you just need to explain why this guy's their coach. Yeah. So...
1: This went through multiple iterations, um, as you, as I realized the rules around this. Um, so I'm going to go through some of a couple of the people I was sort of thinking, um, which were sports coaches. Uh, so Graham Henry and Jose Mourinho. That was the first two. And first I was like, oh, how do I fit them in? Is it rugby and football, but I wanted Winton and. Wanted Dan Carter. First, I dropped Dan Carter and was like, Fine, I have Sir Graham Henry. I was going to pick maybe Viper and maybe MBL. Yeah, There's that, that was sort of interesting picks. Um, I had Mark Todd at number five as well, thought that could also work. But then he said, Oh no, it, it doesn't think so. I went, oh, I can get back to Sir Graham Henry. And then he said, Any figure in history, as long as it wasn't made up, and and the name that first came to my mind, which was instant, even before you jokingly said you could even have Julius Caesar, was Julius Caesar. And I was like, (laughs) if you go to have someone coaching your team, you have the guy fucking made an empire. He went out with his guys and was sent, just basically, go do, we don't like you, go over there. And he took his legions over there and conquered Gaul, And just... And then came back and was like, hey, I conquered Gaul. And everybody went, oh crap, you're going to die. <laughs> and just, yeah. He, strategic level A++.
0: And ruthless, that's rootless is what you A++. want.
1: A++. Would If you're not performing, you're going to get cut. You're going to, And yeah. you're going to know, but the other thing is, you're going to know why. It's not just going yeah. to be out you're not playing today. He's going to have exactly everything down like this is what you need to improve on this is where you're weak this is where things aren't working this is why you're not here this other guy this is where he's doing better this is how he's showing it and and yeah. he's also the guy that people will listen to and will follow yeah. they will and like,
0: like, like yeah, you know what famously and he's famously beloved by his men. Yes. The reason why he felt confident coming back to Rome with his army, inf- or infamously, why he, is that he knew his men had his back, and yes. they did. And he got, he pushed them through some really tough times, but he yes. still managed to keep things rolling. And he knew how to pick player, people like yes. when you can get the best out of a guy like Mark Anthony, who yes. is a very like. He's an incredible general, but one of those guys who's really, really good in a crisis, but terrible when things are going well for him, like yeah. but Caesar gets the best out of him all the time yeah. like that to me is like screams good coach
1: yeah The other thing I was thinking as well is that his his press game is out of this world um, yeah the sort of guy you want, whether it's good times, bad times, things going right, things going wrong. he's the guy you need fronting the press, and he will yeah. make sure that everybody's like. Yeah, okay, things went badly, we had a loss, but yeah, the plan's in place and everything's fine in there. Julius, he knows what he's doing. It's all going to be fine. Everybody's going to still be in love with the team. To me, that's yeah, as soon as he said historic figure, I was like, oh, there's, no, there's no choice. Like, there's only one guy
0: now it's interesting that you pick julius caesar cuz the first person i thought is a man Ju- cuz when julius uh julius caesar's great successor augustus who's also basically an isekai character yeah. um well, first went to uh, to join Ju- uh, his famous great uncle in Spain for campaign. One of his friends went first because he got there quicker, and he was there for a few weeks. And before Augustus, uh, before Octavian showed up, and the moment Octavian showed up, Julius was like, "You have good friends. Make sure you keep them." This man is Marcus Agrippa. <laughs> so. It was somebody who didn't come from much, but so, oh, everybody just recognizes talent, which is just what tells you in, in that era where status and background are so important, that just shows how talented he, is, he was. Yeah. And like, to catch the eye of somebody like Caesar, who also thought Octavian was incredible, which he was right about, yeah, yeah. so somebody who knows how to spot talent, so and agrippa is famous for being augustus's general because augustus was terrible at leading troops and fighting and just bad in combat all around but agrippa was the brave soldier who got the guys together he basically formed uh, augustus's uh soldiers by going out and recruiting them and convincing them to join and uh training them up for him which to me coaching training Then they had a problem with pirates and they needed, uh, who was during the initial war of the successors, so he needed to figure out how to deal with the pirates. Unfortunately, they didn't have ships, so he literally went to a library, read up on how to build ships and how to (laughs) captain said ships and then went and got people to build the ships while sitting on top of them telling them what to do and then training the sailors by reading while reading a book about this is how you we were going to do it this is the maneuvers you need to learn and drilling them like they were soldiers till they got it right nice. and effectively made them in uh, basically made like one of the best navies of uh, of any era so a guy who would do analytics i think so right there yes. and the main thing is the while he's respected, like there are many there are many historical accounts of where people were rebelling and they heard they were going to send Marcus Agrippa and went, okay, we'll play nice now. <laughs> so there's the respect, but yeah. he's somebody who's always super loyal to Augustus. So he doesn't have a big ego himself. And Augustus very often... Got to go around the empire and look at problems and you know shoot pro- uh, troubleshoot problems, and he stayed home at Rome and basically built it like everybody says Augustus left uh, found Rome uh, a city in ruins and left it as a city in marble. But Agrippa, who built that marble, built <laughs> de- designed the project that built those aqueducts that were so famous. So yeah, yeah. the all-round coach, the guy who builds the team, looks at the youth, uh, see who's coming up. Promotes people on merit, because that's how he got there. Yeah, And, yeah, somebody who could control egos, I think so. But also not, like, I think a Gary Stead-like coach, if you see what I mean. So, yeah, that was my pick for their coach. Nice. I Um, think a certain orange-haired listener might be very happy with our picks for coach.
1: Maybe also upset with our our versions of history, but we'll leave it there. (laughs) I'm sure he'll be fine.
0: I'm sure he will. So we'll go down the list again. So if we were to pick a like, I'm just gonna throw one out there because I think we have spares. If we were gonna pick a thirteenth player, as like to make up the balance of bowlers, like assuming we were at like a very uh, swingy pitch or a pitch that wasn't gonna take turn, yeah, only (laughs) was a one-spinner lineup. Pitch, who would you have as your other, bo- uh, as an, as your other bowler? Um, I'm going to put down here 12th man and just assume he's going to be a bowler because, you know, that's how you... A sensible yeah. person picks their squad.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, guess, I guess I've got a couple of options which originally were more... I was, I'd ruled them out of the 5th batter one. And, and perhaps um they might actually fit better into the, the bowling um stock, especially as a, a swing bowler. Um I think and while I said before when I was in doubt I would go with the New Zealander, I think of uh, my options that I had at fifth the New Zealander I had there was Mark Todd and I don't quite see him as the quiet the, the the swing bowler type that I, I sort of need to balance out my side. Um so would be a decent, decent option. Um, I think I'm going to go to your esports and go for MBL. MBL. Yeah. I Think he's easy. to the me. super
0: accurate. He'd be the super accurate and aggressive uh, pace bowler.
1: Yeah, and I, to me, he's the sort that that it swings it both ways. Um, As you say, super accurate has always got it pitched up in the right spot, um, and it will get it to move no matter what.
0: Yep, absolutely. I like that pick. I definitely like that pick. MBL, and I'm surprised you didn't pick Hera. I've already picked an Age of Empires player, so I cannot pick Hera. Oh,
1: I don't mind Hera, but I was, to me, Hera seems more of a, uh, <laughs> a, a line and length rhythm pace bowler, as opposed to... Mm-hmm. Like if if I'm thinking I needed... To me, I needed a bit more of a swing bowler. I've got an out-and-out pacer, I've got two spinners, got Sort of the 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 shorter ball um, with David Tour, but I, Blair, to me, why? No, he move it. He can swing it a little bit, but it's it's much more about line and length for him. Um, drives, the bits I'm missing is is someone who can move, swing the ball both ways with reasonable pace. Um, it doesn't have to be the fastest. Um, yeah. So yeah, NBL fits that fits that mold for me better than here.
0: I like it. Now, so there was a thought in my head because I couldn't decide which betr- for my eSport. In my head, I know they I could have picked both, but because they they're famous for playing two different sports, but two different eSports. But I decided to only pick one eSport person. But there is uh, there was a choice between boxer and Yellow Tanabe, the legendary StarCraft players from Korea. Oh, yeah. the uh both of whom have ridiculous apms or as i said they're starcraft players from korea <laughs> and they the i could easily see them being fast bowlers and there's they would be i would see them more as the wily operator fast bowler somebody who came in bowled fast, accurate, but would just... uh, Yellow would be the guy who just bowled fast, accurate, and just bowled you the good line and length uh, and would just do one thing different to get get you. Like, Pat Cummins is ridiculously tall, you know, but he bowls line and length. He's basically a faster Glenn McGrath, if that makes sense. So the yellow Tanabe would be someone like that, I think. But Boxer would be be the pace bowler who has all the tricks. The guy who comes up, you know, bowls you a slower ball, bowl, bowls you the off-cutter. He'd be like more the Sydney Barnes type, but a bit quicker yeah. type bowler. But the other thing I realized is I hadn't picked a basketball player. Um, if you had picked Arene Van Dyke, I was going to pick James Harden, who is also a volume scorer, a man who just finds any possible way to get points, and that's it, scoring runs. And the thing is, James Harden is a guy who gets you clutch points, cause comes in and finds a way to get, find the basket from yeah. ridiculous positions, which to me is like getting wickets. Yeah. The guy who just uh, will, and just a guy who's obsessed with analytics, just knows exactly where he has to be to get the ball into the net. Like he will go, he will just take 30 three-pointers and might score 20 of them in a game just because he's in the mood and gets in that zone, so that's the sort of bowler I'd see him be, and obviously that legendary Eurostep just shows he's some, somebody who would just pull out tricks, Yeah. and as he, he's a left-armer, so you can never have too many left-arm bowlers in your team, <laughs> so I'm going to go with James Harden as my 12th man. Also, he's got a giant beard, so you know. Yeah. Fair enough there. Beard power is beard power.
1: Beard power, you're correct.
0: Beard vectors are important.
1: Yeah. I think we've got pretty solid teams there.
0: I think so. So let's have a rundown. Your team reads as... Opening with Roger Federer and Tiger Woods. uh, With Sir Peter Blake, who's your captain, coming in at first drop. Yep. Your number four is Winton Roofer... uh, Followed by Daniel Carter at number five. Yep. The great Blair Hopping at number six. Mark, uh, Mr. New Zealand Softball, Mark Sorensen at number seven. The heartbreak kid, Sean Michaels at number eight as your uh, leg spinner. And probably the leg spinner who bats a bit uh, by the looks of it. Um, yes. Stacey Jones is your other leg spinner. So you going with the two... Uh, the two Y League operators as your spinners. You've got the fast, fast, fast Art and Senna as yeah. uh, one of your uh, uh, pace uh, pace bowlers, and David Tu'a, who's left arm, to be the hard-hitting pace bowler. Yeah. So you you're going with one guy who's fast, one guy who's strong, and your twelfth uh, man is MBL, who would just get. Who you see as being a, condi- a guy who could swing the ball either way, do all the variations that you need, your slower yeah. ball, your off cutters, your leg cutters, just have everything in his pocket, but no- but you know stay disciplined and know exactly which one to use when. Yeah. And obviously, the great Julius Caesar as your coach can't go much further ro- can't go much further right than that. I think um, a great pick. He'd be conquering, the. he'd be beating the gold Test team in no time.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I have gone with Lisa Carrington and N'Golo Conte as my two uh, openers. Uh, Kelly Slater as my number three. Uh, Irene Van Dyke as my number four. Tom Brady, who's also going to be my team captain at number five. The Ole Einar Björndalen as my all-rounder. Uh, George Gregan, uh, former Wallabies captain, as my wicketkeeper. Serena Williams would be my first pace bowler. Just your, as I said, he was, she's going to be my all-conditions bowler, just the leader of the bowling attack. Yeah. Just uh, take, setting the tone for the bowling uh, then our first leg spinner would be our first spinner would be Viper, and I think he would be a wrist leg spinner just because you know he uses his wrist a lot in yeah, yeah. as a uh as a uh e eSport guy, especially as an age of empires player. Uh, just accurate micromanage leg management just transfers over to being this accurate, demanding leg spinner who just pulls out tricks out of nowhere. Then I had Randy Johnson as my left-handed pace bowler, just the guy who has the arm, just bowls really, really fast, is really, really aggressive, and is, guess that all, uh, uh, and just and can also get the ball to swing late, to like uh, so. This would be like an all-package left-arm bowler. Um, yeah. The Fi- and finally, for uh, my second spinner, I had Gary Kasparov. And I decided he is going to be an off-spinner because, you know, he uses his fingers to pick up the chess pieces, doesn't he?
1: Fair enough.
0: And, and that makes sense to me. Yeah. So he'd be the right-handed off-spinner to go with uh, Vipers' right-handed leg spinner. Yeah. And my coach was going to be the man Julius Caesar thought was awesome, which is Mark- who is Marcus Agrippa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and my 12th man was going to be James Harden, who is just a scorer par excellence, but I decided he's also would a clutch scorer par excellence, somebody who would just get you wickets when you needed it. Yeah. And also he's a left armor, can't go wrong with that, and Giant Beard.
1: And Giant Beard. You definitely can't go wrong there. I think there's uh, uh, two pretty solid teams. Doesn't seem to be a lot of it. in either... Like I can't fault too much with your picks are and your rationale is pretty pretty solid. Cool,
0: cool, cool. Now, do we want to put this up? Maybe put it for a vote.
1: I think that'd be a good idea. um, You send me through the list. Got my list. You send me through your list. I'll um, stick it into up on the um, up on the blog, but I'll post it into main chat here on Discord with a vote on it about who thinks in a theatrical match
0: um,
1: or test series, who would come out top.
0: But yeah, good. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. See you next time, everyone, and have a good day.
1: Catch you next time.